What is the retailization of healthcare markets? And what does it mean for your clients and for your practice? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're pleased to be speaking with Sally Poblete. Sally is the CEO of Wealthy which is a company that helps people understand benefits in simpler and innovative ways. And Sally's got a very interesting background, and we're going to talk a little bit about how the markets are changing and how we all can react to them in ways that are new and innovative and more relevant for our clients. So with that, welcome, Sally. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. We're glad you're here. Let's start a little bit because you've had an interesting background and and you bring a lot to the table. So besides just having these great conversations, I'd like people to know about what your journey has been. Can you give us a minute or so on, on your background? Sure. So before starting my company about three years ago, I spent 10 years in the health insurance industry working for one of the largest carriers across the country, which is a large Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. At that plan, I led product development, product management, and product analytics across multiple states and really had firsthand view into the needs of employers and individuals, as well as the gaps and opportunities that we as an industry have in better serving our end customers. You bring an awful lot to what you're doing today. And when we spoke off air, when we were prepping for the interview, one of the things you talked about used a great phrase that I I hadn't heard before, but I really like, and I think it's a great jumping off point for our discussion. You talked about the retailization of healthcare. Now we know markets are changing, but I don't think anybody's actually kind of thought about it exactly that way. Tell us, what do you mean by that? What, What does that mean? Yeah, so I think we all are consumers. We all are, you know, buying retail in every aspect of our lives, right? And, you know, movie tickets, restaurants, travel, everything that we do is all about retail. And I think that the Affordable Care Act has actually paved the way for the retailization of health insurance in that now more than ever, individual consumers Whether or not they are part of an employer group, individual consumers are driving the decision-making and actually picking the health insurance plans that they ultimately enroll in. Again, that goes with individual consumers now buying insurance as part of the Affordable Care Act or even in an employer setting where those consumers are picking their own plan because their employers have, you know, given them the opportunity to do so. Well, you mentioned some other verticals, and it's interesting. You know, we talk a little bit about on the podcast about how our industry has been really slow to transform into the consumer part of the marketplace. Why do you think that is? Lots of reasons that I think, you know, health insurance is has been behind the times, but certainly I think coming to a realization that we have to get on with the retailization of insurance. I think one of the reasons is that there really hasn't been 
an impetus to serve the consumer as much as it has been now with, as I said, the the different dynamics of the economy and the regulation and so forth. You know, in historically, insurance has been purchased by employers. And in that case, the consumer is sort of a secondary, secondary customer to insurance. But now they are in the driver's seat. So I think that's one thing. Also, technology has really just come to a point in which mobile and the expectations of consumers are that we shop every day using our mobile phone, using the web with very convenient, instant, simple experiences. And naturally, because that's what we're used to, we should expect that from every aspect of our purchases, including health insurance. I mean, we've interviewed Eric Topol from out at Scripps, and, and Eric's got a great book called The Patient Will See You Now. And he talks about how transformative he believes that smartphones will be. And we have these little devices in our pocket. They're with us all the time. Are you talking about people accessing the system via their phones or purchasing via their phones or doing lots more via those devices? David, I think it is that, but I think it is really a broader mindset that consumers are expecting to interact with their health insurance be it purchasing, be it using their health insurance, accessing care, anywhere, wherever, at any time that they want to do so. So no longer is it the case that I should only be able to access my insurance company if I log on to their website and if I even remember my username, password, that I only can access insurance by, you know, actually physically you know, speaking with, you know, an insurance broker, that I want to be able to transact in my health insurance through those means, but in every other means, such as my mobile phone, at midnight to send an email, I want to get text to remind me of what I need to do next. I want to be able to instantly get through the process in a much faster way than, you know, having to fill out lots and lots of paper. So I think it is about the convenience and simplicity and engagement that consumers are expecting through all of the devices that they use. So let's talk a little bit then about how you get from here to there. There was a Kaiser study not that long ago that evidenced a still shocking lack of healthcare plan illiteracy among the public. And As we talk to people who are purveying really new, interesting ways of dealing with the system and interacting and using the system to become better consumers, the conversation that comes up constantly is one that consumers are still trying to more avoid than engage with the system. With those two backgrounds, how do you get from point A to point B? What do you see? Yeah, so I think just to to add to the note about healthcare illiteracy, I think the stat right now is only 14% of the U.S. population is considered to be proficient in their healthcare decision-making, and that's approximately the percentage of consumers with advanced degrees, although those two are not correlated. So there is so much more to be done by our industry to help educate and simplify, and I think it is starting from having the mindset that we are here to make others understand and make this process be much simpler using plain language in every way that we interact with health insurance. I think the other aspect of driving confident decision making is by, you know, encouraging consumers that this is a very important decision they have to make, right, that has a financial, big financial implication. And what's been known is that many consumers would 
much prefer to go to a dentist and get a root canal or speak to their ex than picking health insurance. And and that's something that we need to change. So creating simple and engaging and, and dare I say fun experiences where they can use video, they can interact, they can really make it a much more pleasant experience to understand and then purchase their health insurance is something that as an industry, I think we need to aspire to. But is this going to be a generational change? You know, we've asked the question a couple of times of folks on on the program, and some folks think that it's going to take a generational shift in order for us to get from point A to point B. Do you share that view? I share the view that the generational shift is creating an impetus, creating momentum for us to make the change. So by 2020, an interesting stat is that 30% of all employees of a small business will be a millennial. And I think the Pew Foundation might have also indicated something about that the biggest population growth that we have, you know, in our country today is from the millennial generation. So I think that there definitely is a movement from the younger population to leverage technology to make faster, easier, better decisions. However, The older generation, so the Gen Xers, including up to the baby boomers who are purchasing Medicare plans today, are, you know, very quickly adopting technology, very commonly using mobile phones and smartphones to make their decisions. So I think that we can't think about just the millennials in the way in which we design solutions, but rather all the different segments of the population are eagerly adopting technology in their daily lives. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, These groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Do you see e-commerce coming to the purchase of, of health insurance in, in a way that kind of an Amazon kind of a model or a, or, or a model that might go around using benefit advisors for a lot of the population? So that's an interesting question, David. And so I think my take on that is the e-commerce movement in health insurance is absolutely here. It is here now. It is not coming in the future. It is here today. I think the biggest case in point is that consumers are shopping by the millions through online sites such as healthcare.gov and other privately managed websites or directly from insurance companies. And all of these are online like us, we provide you know decision support to make that process better and faster in, in making a recommendation. But to your point about, you know, does that mean that insurance brokers will go by the wayside and be replaced by technology? 
I have a different point of view in that. And that is that I think that the insurance brokers who refuse to use technology will likely go by the wayside. But the insurance brokers who embrace technology to modernize their work, to enhance the relationship and the advice that they give to their customers, be it a business or an individual, will thrive. So I'll use the analogy of the real estate agent and how those real estate agents with the websites like Zillow have really thrived that in a system where the purchase, the product that is getting the decision is quite complicated and, and frankly, a big ticket item, it's a lot of money requiring multivariate uh, decision making, that those kinds of industries are greatly helped by intermediaries such as insurance brokers in our case. And what we're finding in the surveys by uh, the National Small Business Association and others is that 74% of all small businesses currently use a broker and intend to do so in the future. So how do you, you know, think about that stat with a millennial stat, right, of, of more and more small business employees are being driven by or, or, or have millennials as a bigger part of their population? And I think the way that those two themes intersect is that technology does aid and enhance the process of buying and selecting your insurance, but that the human expert in the form of, of the real estate broker can play an integral role in making that experience, you know, much better and long-term and filled with trust and confidence. Do you believe that all this stuff applies not only to individual purchasers, but also to small and mid-market and large market group purchasers? I do, David, and I actually think that for companies, it is even more so than in the case of individuals, because in a company, there are even more variables to think about, given that the employer has lots of different employees to consider. Secondly, it is a much more significant financial investment that the business owner needs to make. Thirdly, there are significantly more regulation that is part and parcel of offering benefits or not offering benefits to an employee population. So because of those three things, I think that the role of the broker is even more important. And also the role of technology comes in even more important in the employer market. So we've got benefit advisors across the country who are dealing with commission compression and who are being asked to do more and more with less. If I'm one of those advisors and I'm figured out that spreadsheets don't work anymore, that was, you know, 10 years ago, and that I've got to deliver value, but I still am not engaged electronically, what does that process look like? What, how would you suggest I start? Yeah, David, and I, I first, I, I actually want to say that, you know, we are interviewing and talking to brokers across the country. And what, what is outstanding to us is that they are eager to adopt technology, that they are basically looking for better ways to do their work and that the spreadsheet, which is still the predominant way, is that they are looking for a replacement in that. So I think it is a big part of the role of the private sector and startups and entrepreneurs such as ourselves to innovate, but also and equally important is the role of carriers insurance companies to really support that technology adoption and innovation and to help drive some of that 
to you know their partners, their broker channel, in order to facilitate adoption. I think for brokers, uh, you know, the advice is is really to to try. It is to to start and evaluate different types of technology for a variety of different aspects of their not just their workflow but what the employers are ultimately asking of them in the way of you know selecting ancillary and other types of benefits or in the ways of helping manage their employee population or helping comply with regulations right so there's lots and lots of ways that technology has been helpful and i think brokers should simply engage and and try as a starting point, Sally, is it more than just having a, a website that's a billboard for your for your business? I mean, would you start with an interactive portal, or what's the entry point that you think would be best for, let's say, most benefit advisors? So, in marketing oneself, I think a website is certainly a very important aspect. Uh, we're finding that that some of the smaller benefit brokerages don't even have a website yet. Using social media is yet one very obvious, simple entry point for benefit advisors to promote their expertise and to share, again, share guidance, share advice, share the wealth of knowledge they have about the insurance industry to a broader population. So use of social media, utilizing videos, so the YouTube channel and other multimedia opportunities that really democratize, you know, the creation of content are, are just some of the ways that brokers can be more, you know, tech savvy and promoting themselves. And then there are ways, so like us and, and several other companies, ways that they can instantly create their e-commerce store. In just a few minutes, they can have an e-commerce store and engage with their the products that they sell online uh, with their customers. So those are really great ways for them to get started. Sally, we have a couple of minutes left, and we, we always like to ask our guests what in their area what they see as the future. So if we're talking about the track that you and I have been discussing for the last 20 minutes or so, where do you see the future going? What's your vision? Well, the vision that I have, David, is one of a future state where businesses and individuals are confidently making insurance decisions where they're embracing this November time period as a great time not to avoid, but to look forward to, hey, I'm going to make, you know, an important decision to protect my health and the health of my employees and as well as the financial health of the company and the employees. That it is a time when consumers and businesses can confidently navigate the insurance decisions that they have, leveraging technology and experts to do that. I think that's the guiding mission that we have as a company. And personally, what I aspire to every day and helping figure out how to make this insurance industry simpler and more engaging, more transparent for everybody. A great place to leave our interview for the day. Sally Poblete, CEO of Wealthy. Sally, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.